It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic. Your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is November 15th, 2017. My name is Philip Rossmanreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com and the host, of course, of Locked On Magic. Here for you today on a Wednesday, getting ready for the Magic's final game of their West Coast road trip. We'll preview the game against the Portland Trailblazers on today's episode of Locked on Magic. I'm also going to talk a little bit about another issue that a lot of Magic fans are talking about, uh, one that they've probably been talking about since the summer and has continued to gain steam. And so I'll argue out of both sides of my mouth a little bit and argue both uh, sides of uh, the big starting question uh, when it comes to Jonathan Simmons and Terrence Ross. Definitely two sides to that coin and maybe an answer that makes everybody happy. And I think there is an answer that makes everybody happy because things are generally going pretty well for the Magic. But We'll get to that in just a moment, but before we do any of that, I do want to remind you that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. You want to learn a little bit more about the Blazers? Check out Locked On Blazers. I know I'm going to give them a listen uh, today as I prep for tonight's game against the Orlando Magic, and you should give them a listen too, as well as the other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. Just like Locked On Magic, you get a daily podcast covering that team with incredible depth, so definitely check out the other podcasts. You can find them on iTunes by searching for Locked On and the team you're looking for. And don't forget to check out the Locked On NFL Podcast Network, too. There are Locked On NFL Podcasts for just about every team in the NFL as well. So be sure to check that out. But let's get right to it with today's game. The Orlando Magic will close out a four-game road swing in Portland against the Portland Trailblazers. An interesting team, of course, that 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 is constantly in the playoff conversation, but really maybe doesn't do much more than that. Uh, But Portland has been a solid team this year. In fact, like the Magic, they're a team that's caught a lot of people by surprise. Not by their record, but but by how they've gotten there. Portland is 7-6 on the year. About probably where everyone expected them to be uh, this season. They've had their ups and their downs. But surprisingly, it's not their offense that's winning them games or that's keeping them in games. For Portland, it's been their defense. And last year, the Blazers were one of the worst defensive teams in the league. 
Kind of like the Magic, how the Magic were really bad on offense last year, now are really good. Portland has been really good on defense after being so bad last year. They're averaging, their defensive rating is 99.2 points allowed per 100 possessions. Actually, with the addition of Yusuf Nurkic to the team full-time now, they're playing at a much slower pace at 99.4 possessions per 48 minutes. It's all surprising because of the personnel that they have. Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum, uh, they're great half-court players, great one-on-one players, but it seems like that'd be a team that would want to push the pace. But this is not a Portland team that pushes the pace very much. It's a team that works methodically through its sets um, and tries to kind of break you down that way, and that's that's how the that's how the Blazers have won games. Obviously, Damian Lillard is still as dangerous as ever. He's still as good as they come. Um, he's uh, having another solid, solid season for the team here. I'm trying to pull up the stats real fast uh, on my computer. Um, Damian Lillard leading the team with they got to order that better with 24.4 points per game. CJ McCollum 22.4 points per game. Yusuf Nurkic 15.7 points and 7.2 rebounds per game to, to to form that big three. They've been a very, very solid squad all year. They rely heavily on Lillard and McCollum, of course. Uh, so the Magic's perimeter players will have to be on their toes, and that means Alfred Payton, uh, no matter no matter how healthy he is, he's going to have to deal with Damian Lillard. That means Terrence Ross is going to have to continue his strong defensive play against C.J. McCollum. It means the Magic's uh, front line has to be in check and ready to go. This is a Portland team that does very well on the glass. Um, you know, going to, again, take me some time here to pull up the stats, but this is a Portland team that does very, very well on the glass with Yusuf Nurkic. They've started starting rookie Caleb Swanigan. Uh, that seemed to give them a nice boost. Portland's actually second in the league in defensive rebound rate at 81.6%, so you're not getting a lot of rebounds against them. And they're third in the league in offensive rebound rate at 26.3%. The Orlando Magic are not a good rebounding team, and so this is going to have to be a major point of emphasis. The Magic are going to have to limit second-chance points if they want to win this game. And it's not just second-chance points, it's limiting Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum, keeping them out of the paint, forcing them to take jumpers, staying attached to their hip, um, and then attacking the glass and rebounding when they get the when they get the opportunity. This is a team that I that I don't know if the Magic match up particularly well with because Portland has size, and so Aaron Gordon will be going up against a slower. I mean, Caleb, Caleb Swanigan's good for a rookie and, and a good player, and I thought slipped way too low in the NBA draft. But the Magic are going to have to be very much on their toes, and they're going to have to play very solid basketball if they want to win this game and if if they want to win. And, and Aaron Gordon's going to be key, obviously. He has a huge matchup advantage over Swanigan because of his speed. Uh, you know, I'm sure Aaron wants to make up for what, what was really kind of a bad effort on, on Monday. Not bad as in he didn't give it a good effort, but bad as in he didn't produce and didn't perform. And I think even he would say that, I think he would even say that he was disappointed in, in how he played and, and how he settled for shots in that game too. So Orlando's going to have to get themselves straight and get themselves right because Portland is a very dangerous team. They'll have their ups and downs. They're kind of going through a little bit of a lull now. They they stopped a three-game losing streak with a win over the Denver Nuggets on Monday. So this is a team that can catch hot, that can get hot and beat you. Um, they, they don't have a ton of depth, so maybe Orlando can get an, get an advantage there. But Magic will have their work cut out for them against the Portland Trailblazers. It's a game the Magic should feel like they can win, that they can compete in, but going to be a lot of work, and they're going to have to execute the game plan, which is something they have not really done the last two times out, and really even against Phoenix they didn't execute it perfectly either. So the Magic have a lot of work to do. Um, the good news is, uh, you know, if you read Josh Robbins of the Orlando Sentinel and his reports from practice, they seem to be in good spirits. They seem to be 
um, focused and, and re-energized uh, coming back from back from the loss on Monday and this and the second loss uh, uh, in a row, their second second their second two game losing streak of the season. So Orlando is kind of figuring out how to bounce back from this adversity. As Frank Vogel said, and, and I agree with with Coach Vogel here, that the team is more resilient than they were last year, perhaps. So it certainly would suggest that the Magic can take um, take a step up or take an, another step forward this year or with this with this group or and certainly with um, the way that they're playing. Tip off is at ten o'clock. It'll be on Fox Sports Florida or uh, NBA League Pass, depending on where you're listening to this show. Ten o'clock Eastern Time, I should say. Seven o'clock Pacific. Wish it were seven o'clock here, because you know, yeah, I, I, as much as I love Magic After Dark, it is kind of rough staying up that late to watch a game. But that's neither here nor there. The Magic will take on the Blazers, hoping to get to two and two on this road trip. If they can get to two and two on this road trip, they'll hit a little their little two game homestand against very manageable teams. The Utah Jazz are struggling right now. They'll be without Rodrigo Bear for that game on Saturday, and then the Indiana Pacers, a, a plucky, energetic team, but a team that is also probably one the Magic should feel that they can beat if they're a playoff team. Um, get a nice little two-game reprieve before they go back out on the road for four more games over the Thanksgiving holiday. So the Magic, Magic got to feel like they got they got it. Not that they have to get this win. It would be nice to get a win to finish two and two on the West Coast road trip. Kind of hold the boat steady, show that they have that resiliency, show that they can kind of keep you know when they're not playing well, which I would characterize as the Magic not playing well right now, that they can hold the 500 record, hold you know hold the boat steady again. Uh, and then uh, fix things up when they get home. So lots to lots to chew on, lots to get through, and so we'll be we'll be watching that as the Magic gets set for Wednesday's game against the Portland Trailblazers. And really, you should be getting set for Wednesday's games too, because Wednesday, as I said last week, is a draft day here at Locked On Magic, and this is the point where you should really listen up. And get ready for what I what I found to be a really fun and ex- exciting fantasy basketball experience. Because if you love fantasy basketball, then you need to try my new favorite app, Draft. It's daily fantasy, but not like the other guys. This isn't that this isn't that other site with the salary cap and the confusing point system. It's it, this is a lot simpler and a lot more fun. I can tell you that much uh, for sure. On Draft, you play real live snake drafts with other people, just like in your season-long league. Here's how it works. It's a draft that lasts for just one night, and there's no management. You just set your lineup and forget it. You draft your lineup, and you forget it, literally. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. Draft even takes care of last-minute injuries for you. There's a draft every couple of minutes, so you can join one right now. You can go on, find a find a three-person league or a, a six-person league. And once the league fills, you have your draft, you draft your players, and you watch you watch the games, and you hope your your team wins. You can compete with other people. You can compete with the locked on locked on network. I, you know, I've hopped in on games on occasion. I'll be hopping in Wednesday to play a game, so you can draft against me possibly on draft. And the best part, of course, is you play for cold hard cash. Draft starts from just one dollar, so there's a draft for everyone. No salary caps. You play in a real-life snake draft, just like you play with your friends in a season-long league. Again, you just you enter the draft. You got to draft two guards, a fo- two forwards, and a center, and you have your draft. You can come and join me on Draft today. Just download the app anytime. Just search Draft in your app store and join a game in minutes. Or you can play right from your computer on Draft.com. Whatever you want. 
For a limited time only, all new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use my promo code LOMAGIC. That's L-O-M-A-G-I-C. That's right. Play a real money game for free just for using my promo code LOMAGIC on your first deposit on draft. And I will see you in the draft room. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. As the season has gone on and and continued, uh, you know, there, you know, it, it, it there's everyone tends to overreact to, to to single games, and and you know, I'm probably guilty of it to some point or jumping the gun on things. I mean, I know last week I was talking a lot about this team's flaws, and uh, even while the team was playing better, and certainly some of those have come to the fore, and 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 a lot of people, you know, don't want to focus on that, especially coming out of a loss to Golden State, which is a unique team, and I agree with that. Um, you know, I, I was I brought that up yesterday as more of a measuring stick. As like, okay, here's where the Magic are right now. They're not on the Warriors level, and the Warriors, I do think, expose a lot of the team's flaws. And 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 most nights, it's been fine. But I think everyone does sense that this is a team that's not going to have smooth sailing through the year. No team really has smooth sailing through the year. An 82 game schedule is an insane thing to do every year. And so there are going to be ups and downs. There are going to be moments where the team looks really poor, and there's going to be moments where the team looks really good. Even when the Magic were struggling last year, there were moments when the team looked really good. And there were moments when the team was just absolutely abysmally awful. The Magic, you know, who knows if the Magic have the bo- have hit that bottom or have kind of hit that kind of bottoming out par- portion of the season or, or whatnot, but there's definitely room for the Magic to improve. And there are definitely players, while many of the Magic's players have overperformed expectations, there is one that has certainly underperformed expectations and is certainly uh, the focus of a lot of attention and a lot of maybe criticism or just kind of backup quarterback syndrome. You're always looking for a way to make the team better with what you got for now. And so you look for ways to replace guys that maybe aren't up to snuff. In fact, you could probably say that about a lot of guys on the Magic. It seems like after every loss, I get at least a few people say, the Magic got to trade EP. The Magic got to trade Vooch. And it, it, that's unfair after one loss. And, and we know Peyton's flaws and we know Vucevic's flaws. But at the same time, you can't discount it after one game and you got to look at the bigger picture. Unfortunately, when it comes to Terrence Ross, the bigger picture is not looking so great. Terrence Ross this year is averaging 9.2 points per game, which is slightly below his season average, his his career average, but is shooting a woeful 30.6% from beyond the arc. That would be a career low. And even worse, 35.9% from the floor overall. Terrence Ross has really struggled on the offensive end. There's no getting around it. And it's not that he's taking bad shots. It's not that he's forcing things. I mean, you know, maybe... He's someone that that becomes guilty of settling for three-pointers or taking a quick shot within the flow of the offense rather than working the ball to the next man. 
But Ross just isn't making shots. There, there's no other way to describe it. He is just not playing at the efficiency that the Magic need. And the Magic have a shiny new toy on the bench who is playing really well right now. And that would be Jonathan Simmons. Both Josh Robbins of the Orlando Sentinel and John Denton of OrlandoMagic.com, they're in the same media gaggles. Both wrote an article on Jonathan Simmons, you know, where Simmons said he wants to play with the elite players. He wants to be an elite player. You know, the Cavaliers called him. He said, you guys don't have the money to, to get me. I got to, you know, the, I've, I've got to take care of myself a little bit. But Simmons apparently, uh, Simmons told the, the media that out in Portland that he wanted to play against LeBron James. He didn't want to play with LeBron James. He, he aspires to defend those elite players. And that was one of the reasons he wanted out of San Antonio was he felt like he wasn't going, he wasn't getting the opportunity that he needed to shine or, or to take his game to the next level. So far this year, Jonathan Simmons, compared to Ross's nine points per game on inefficient shooting, is scoring 15 points per game, dishing out 2.1 assists per game, shooting 37.5% from beyond the arc, almost a three-pointer per game, and 50.7% from the floor. Jonathan Simmons is an early candidate for sixth man of the year and is one of the Magic's most important offensive players so far this year. His, and, and I wouldn't call him consistent. I'm actually a little surprised he's averaging 15 points per game. When he's struggling, the Magic struggle, especially with that second unit. He he drives that second unit. And it's one of the reasons he's been successful. And yeah, so when you look at the raw numbers, it seems to suggest that, yes, Simmons is playing better than Ross. And, and I would absolutely agree with that. Simmons is indeed playing better than Ross. But as you often have to remind everyone, that doesn't mean Simmons should be starting. And this has been a story that this has been a story and an argument that has been going on with this Magic team since the beginning of the year. A lot of people predicted that Simmons would someday overtake Terrence Ross. And yeah, it seemed possible. And it was certainly something that was discussed and debated throughout the early parts of the season. But that did not mean or does not mean it's the right decision yet. Or not even that it's the right decision yet, that it's ever going to be the right decision. Because what Simmons gives you, yes, he gives you a very strong defender, and that, that's not to be overlooked. But Terrence Ross has also played some good defense. When you look at some of the defensive numbers, Ross comes out well. 1.3 steals per game is a career high, would be a career high for him, and it's something that he's steadily improved on. And he's been very good at playing passing lanes and kind of roaming as the weak side, as playing kind of a weak side zone on the backside of the Magic's defense. According to basketballreference.com, he's got 0.4 defensive box plus minus this year, which would means he's playing better than an average defender after a career as a negative defensive player. In fact, by this metric, Jonathan Simmons is a worse defender at minus 1.5 defensive box plus minus. Now, you can't take defensive box plus minus as a measure of this player is a better defender than, than the other one. It's, it, it looks at box score stats. Terrence Ross is getting a lot of steals. He's going to be better on that front. Simmons is playing with defensive players. 
They're or with secondary second unit players. They're struggling defensively. The starters are not. And so again, not a huge surprise there. I would not say that Simmons is playing poor defense this year. Maybe he's fouling a little too much. Maybe he's a little too physical. But I don't think he's playing bad defense. And if anything, and this will be the point I'll be making, I think Simmons' defensive style works better off the bench just because he can be a little more physical without having to worry about giving up the fouls. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. When you're talking, though, about changing roles and putting guys in and out of the starting lineup, you've got to ask your question, what is the player's role? And that's definitely where Terrence Ross and what he's done with the Magic so far comes into question. Because Terrence Ross's role on offense, at least, is to make open threes, to get open shots. And he's gotten plenty of open shots this year, and he's missed a lot of them. And, and he's he hasn't really come through. It looked like for a while he was turning a little bit of a corner. Before Monday's game where he went 5-for-12 from the floor and 1-for-7 from beyond the arc, he was 9 of his last 14 and 6 of his last 10 from beyond the arc. In fact, going back three games, he was 11-for-19 and 8-for-13 from beyond the arc. So it looked like he was picking up steam. So Monday's game has been an outlier among the last four, but not an outlier among the way he's played all season. The good news is Ross has now scored in double figures for three straight games. So maybe Ross is turning a little bit of a corner. Maybe he is figuring some things out. That is a good place to start, of course. That is certainly a good place to start for Terrence Ross kind of getting himself back. And Ross is a veteran. He, We know he's going to jump back to where he was. It's not likely he's going to fall off the face of the earth as a three-point shooter. He'll slowly get himself back to his mean, probably at 34, 35% from beyond the arc. But again, focus in on what is Ross's role. Ross's role is to spread the floor and make three-point shots. And as I've often said on this show, it's sometimes the idea that that you're a three-point shooter more than the reality that you're a three-point shooter that creates good spacing. Aaron Gordon, Nikola Vucevic are slowly starting to gain defense's respect as shooters. And you see that. When Vucevic pops out the three-point line, centers are less likely to leave him opening the lane for the ball handler. When you watch Ross on the floor... Defenses are still reluctant to leave him beyond the arc, even though he's not shooting a great percentage from beyond the three-point line. That, in and of itself, is a powerful tool. It's, it's, there is a metric for it. I don't think it's publicly available, but it's called gravity. 
Kyle Korver, for instance, has incredible gravity. No one leaves him open. You all, you, they, a lot of teams essentially face guard him. You watch Stephen Curry play. He's an obvious example. He's an all-star, one of the best players in the league. But you watch him play. He has incredible gravity. The defense rotates to him. He, he keeps a lot of players in his orbit. Keep paying attention to him. Terrence Ross is not on that level, not on either of those players' level. But defenses know to pay attention to him. His presence on the floor helps warp the defense in a way that enables the Magic to attack and drive. And that's important. That's incredibly important. That's exactly what the Magic need need at that position. Simmons, while he is shooting better and is certainly a, a tenacious defender, something the Magic need right now, while Simmons does a lot of those things, he is not yet respected as a three-point shooter. And so defenses aren't likely to gravitate toward him, clogging the lane for Alfred Payton and Aaron Gordon and Evan Fournier. And to some extent, even clogging the lane for Jonathan Simmons himself. The role that the Magic need Terrence Ross to play, they don't need him to be a high-usage guy. They need him to take shots when he's open, attack when the lane's there, but otherwise, he's there to space the floor. It's not his role to be this aggressive attacking player. In fact, Ross only has an 18% usage rate so far this year. Jonathan Simmons' role is to be an attacker. He's best on the ball. Jonathan Simmons' usage rate is 25.4%. That would suggest, again, that when Simmons is in the game, he's looking to attack the basket and get points or create his own shot. And off the bench, that's what the Magic need. The Magic need a sixth man who's going to attack and be aggressive. And that's not to say Ross won't do that. But Simmons is better at that. The question, though, that really needs to be asked if Simmons were to get the start or were to be considered a starter, the question, in my opinion, that needs to be asked is whether other players could shift to Simmons being on the ball more. If you take the ball out of Alfred Payton's hands, what what happens? And that's really what this whole thing is about. And that's why I think Terrence Ross will remain and should remain the starter for a while. Not only is he, I think, turning a little bit of a corner and progressing to his mean, I think that Ross fits the secondary role the Magic need in that lineup. The Magic have a lot of mouths to feed. In that, op- in that starting lineup right now. Alfred Payton is a non-factor as a shooter, so he needs the ball in his hands. He needs to be the primary creator. Nikola Vucevic is a skilled post player, and the Magic want to establish him in the post. He needs the ball. Evan Fournier is, a, is the best scorer on the team, probably the best player on the team at the moment. He needs the ball in his hands. And Aaron Gordon, everyone's complaining he doesn't get enough shots. Outside of transition play, how do you get him involved? 
The Magic starting lineup doesn't have a clear pecking order. And certainly some guys are better at playing that secondary role, Evan Fournier, Nikola Vucevic, especially because they can shoot. But the Magic in that starting lineup needs someone who doesn't need the ball to be successful offensively. Or defensively, for that matter. And right now, that's Terrence Ross. That's not Jonathan Simmons. Jonathan Simmons is playing a role that is absolutely perfect for him at this moment. He's played better than I expected. I I said a lot of a lot of people asked me, you know, why wouldn't you just start Simmons off the bat? And I was like, well, this guy only averaged six points per game last year. He's never played a huge role on any team before. Let's let him prove himself first. Simmons has proved him, proven himself. And if Fournier went down or Ross went down, I have no problem starting Simmons. The question is, what do you want long-term for this team? What do you want to build in the long-term? And what's going to be most successful for this team night in and night out? Simmons has gotten his run with the starters, and he's played fine. I love lineups, actually, that have Simmons and Ross together with that second unit. But we're still a little ways away from making conclusions about the starting lineup. And if anything, you want to stick with what's worked while it's working. And while the Magic have lost four of their last six games, the Magic still largely work. They're eight and six. They're doing fine. They're okay. But certainly this is something to keep an eye on. If Ross's shooting doesn't turn the corner, where do the Magic go? If you ask me, I would actually put it put a put a a note in or put a vote in for starting Jonathan Isaac at small forward and really committing to defense and hoping that Isaac's three point shooting can come around. Because I really, really like Simmons in that sixth man role. I think it suits him perfectly for what this magic team needs. And it's not a knock on Simmons. It's absolutely not a knock on Simmons. It is a compliment that this role fits him perfectly and that he's succeeding in it. But, as always with these things, there's a lot of season left to play. And a lot will change and a lot can change. And at some point, if the team continues to struggle or the team hits a rough spot, change may be something they need to explore. And that might be the time that this discussion gets a little more real, or that the lineup actually does change. I want to thank you all for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Again, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-stable listening device. Be sure to give us a five-star review. Let us know what you think of the show and uh, and let everyone else know what you think of the show so that they can find us on iTunes uh, and talk about the Orlando Magic here uh, with our daily podcast. You can find the podcast on Twitter as well at Locked On Magic, as well as like us on Facebook at Locked On Magic. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, you can check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com, as well as follow us on Twitter at OMagicDaily. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode. Again, the Orlando Magic take on the Portland Trailblazers over at the Moda Center in Portland at 10 p.m. Eastern Time, our last episode of Magic After Dark for this road trip at least. So we'll see you there. Uh, we'll have a complete recap of that game on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. And be sure to check out Draft as well. Use the promo code LOMAGIC for a free play on Draft. 
That's going to do it for me. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic. This has been Philip Ross and Wright. I will see you all again tomorrow on another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 